Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Everybody, welcome back to Elder Scrolls Off the Record. I am Joe the Widget Wilson, your main host for this episode number 39, one away from 40, going into our, like I think it's our third season or something like that, if we go by 20s. And joining me, as always, is the man himself, Evar Wynn. You know, Joe, the third season of X-Files was arguably the best. No, the sixth was. Get, Get out of here. Who are you? <laughs> right, right. Oh, Joe, it's great to be here. Chat room. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Another fantastic night tonight. We have actually a different kind of show planned for you guys tonight, and I think you're going to like it. And joining us, as always, is the Loring Lou Master himself, Louis Alon. Hello, Joe. Hello, Ivaro, and hello, everyone in the chat room. Another great night. Can't wait. And. The Master. pigtails that can change the world, Mr. David T. Enforce Adams. <laughs> I've actually uh, cured starvation in three small countries with just my pigtails. <laughs> <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize for you, sir. Yeah. Nice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we have some ads to get into. Evarwin, you want to take us into that? Yeah, absolutely. This awesome episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record is brought to you in part by Middle Earth Network's special day this Saturday known as Hobbit Day. Yes, indeed. Everyone, perk your ears up on this one, okay? The Middle Earth Network, the network that we are affiliated with, is taking one day aside September 22nd, which is, yes, you guessed it, Bilbo and Frodo Baggins' birthday. Well, all Lord of the Rings fandom knows that that is Hobbit Day. And this year, Middle Earth Network is celebrating the 75th anniversary of the book, The Hobbit. And what a great year it is, because the first movie of The Hobbit is coming out in December. So... They are having an all-out online extravaganza, which starts exactly when, Joe? When, when, when's Hobbit Day starting over at the Middle Earth Network? p.m. Eastern is the official start time, but the main events will begin at 3 p.m. It's a complete on, online video day celebrating the Hobbit and the affiliates of Middle Earth Network, including Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. 
Now, you can get all of your information on this very special day at hobbitday.com, H-O-B-B-I-T, day.com. And you're going to see exclusive readings of our favorite passages from your favorite Quest Gaming Network hosts, including myself, Joe, Dave, Lou, the Lore Master Olan. We're all in there, and uh, you're going to be seeing us as well as the full cast and crew from the Middle Earth Network as well. I apologize in advance for the fact that we are radio broadcasters. The camera was never kind. (laughs) <laughs> at least not when it came to mind yes you heard that right the camera it is a it is a full full featured online extravaganza with video music um they're having actors from lord of the rings as well appear actors affiliated uh people affiliated with uh with weta weta workshop are coming on as well and they are holding a huge extravaganza that is never been done before. And certainly, you have to be a part of this very special day known as Hobbit Day, September 22nd, Hobbit Day on the Middle Earth Network. Myself, Ivarwin, and some probably some other hosts for the network are going to be uh, main hosting portions, possibly. We haven't got the exact itinerary yet. I will be available all day and be participating. Part- participating in this event all day on the 22nd so come join us guys it's going to be fantastic uh, you got to see you got to see dave diablo ad it's hilarious <laughs> yeah he did a job with it and I, yes he wears the pigtails i you know i that's what i was about to say is you know y'all are saying that you, the camera doesn't do well for you but i'm damn sexy i need i need to just tell you one thing though dave you need to clean your room What's up with everybody telling me that? <laughs> it's not dirty. It's a collection. <laughs> it's organized chaos. Exactly. I was going to say, Lou, you nailed it. And our it's, last, what's that? It's a mess. <laughs> uh, Joe, if you if you'll permit me, um, we've got a little uh, a little blurb here that you can find on HobbitDay.com, and um, like like anything else, Middle Earth Network says it much better than I ever could. So I would I would love to quote them if we have them, if we have the minute to do so. Naturally. All right. So uh, Middle Earth Network says that the massive virtual festival will feature a lecture and celebration with Dr. Corey Olson, the lead Tolkien professor. Tolkien artist Ted Nay Smith's special web website launch party, Tolkien Society Today podcast launch, favorite passage of the Hobbit readings by celebrities and personalities, live music and gaming events, and much, much more, all related to The Hobbit and J.R.R. Tolkien. Do you know what gets me giddy about that passage is we were actually, the Quest Gaming Network was asked to be a part of that celebrity panel doing those Hobbits. Oh, yeah. So that was pretty exciting for us. It was it was fun. Yeah, pretty pretty awesome stuff. I mean, it's it's great for us because you know, everyone here is you know inspired by by Lord of the Rings and Tolkien. I mean, if it wasn't for Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, we wouldn't have role playing games. I mean, Gary Gygax, one of the founders of, of Dungeons and Dragons, created helped create the role playing uh, game genre to which we all you know love and spend. Uh, you know, more than three quarters of our lives, uh, you know, <laughs> rolling around in. <laughs> <laughs> and proud of it. Thank you. Indeed. So there you go. Hobbitday.com. Take a look at it, guys. It's going to be fun. I can't wait for it. All right. Our last sponsor is... Uh... And as always, this episode 
is brought to you by Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com, guys, the creators of, you, you heard it, you know it, earbuds. Not just any earbuds, amazing earbuds. Earbuds that are designed for great sound quality. Amazing durability. Noise reduction designed. Compatible with any iPod, iPhone, Android, MP3 device. Lifetime warranty. You can't get any better than Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com. Starts you off at $19.95, but if you use our code, off the record, all one word, we'll drop your price down 30% off. 30% off, free shipping worldwide, lifetime warranty, the single most durable and great greatest sound quality you'll ever push out of tiny little earbuds. You'll call them Wonder Buds. I don't know. Maybe you won't. They come in four styles and six colors as an optional microphone. They're great, great stuff. Go to tweakedaudio.com, 30% off with the code off the record. And ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to present the meat and potatoes of this episode. Potatoes. All right. That was my really bad crowd impression there. Um, (laughs) Wave, wave, do the wave. As you guys know, or are pretty much aware, we did not record last week. We had way too much going on. Um, I was overstressed with work from for the network and getting Hobbit Day stuff taken care of that we were not able to record and Yvarwin also had to work very late that night so yeah we decided to go ahead and postpone that episode until tonight and I'm glad we did because we have a fantastic episode planned for you guys oh yeah at least I hope but first we're going to get into our usual our week in game the meat and potatoes my week was entertaining because it all started out I had to record video for our Elder Scrolls off-the-record promo for Hobbit Days. So not ju- I didn't want to just record my girl pew-pewing all the time, which I did anyway, and had some pretty epic things occur that I, for some reason, had forgotten to talk about and forgot to write it down. So I'll probably remember <laughs> that in about five minutes when you guys are talking, and I'll look like a jerk when I interrupt you. But, I think um, that's me every single week. <laughs> yeah. I really want to do a melee and melee character for the video and I want to get magic as well to kind of encompass everything so what I did is I created a new girl she's a red guard and probably the sexiest girl in Skyrim um (laughs) the uh what I did is I made her a one handed magic user so she her primary focus is one handed weapons heavy armor and I'm using magic in the left hand for my range. So I'm doing a dual combination on this. Oh. And leveling it together, and I'm kind of planning my points where I do, you know, one point magic, one point health, one point stamina, kind of in that kind of rotation. And yeah. going into heavy armor, destruction magic, and one hand weaponry. And I gotta tell you that I got so hooked on playing her, I haven't play- I haven't touched my archer. It's been wow. too much fun. I'm surprised there was something that was able to take you away from that. Yeah, me too. But the fact I was able to blast them with lightning, and by the time they got to me, oh, this is the best part. I'm wearing, I'm, I'm using a one-handed axe right now with her, and I get a one particular kill screen every single time, religiously. This is how my day goes with her, or my adventures. You're, you're getting kill cams, like, every single time? Every single kill, literally. And this is how this, here's, here's, a, here's a simple dungeon run for my girl. Okay. I barge in, not giving a crap about sneak, mm-hmm. which I love. 
not giving a crap about anything that comes in my way. I shoot them with lightning. They get up close to me and <laughs> axe right to the forehead, kill cam. Every time. Nice. Next one. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get that in a soundbite? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like giggling every time I'm doing it, you know. But uh, <laughs> it's been too much freaking fun. I did it even to a boss. You know, the first boss you go into when you do the golden claw. No, you're lying. You didn't do it. To I him. did it to him. I fried oh. him because I already put a point into where the basic spells <laughs> give you half or only cost half magic. Uh-huh. I've already put two points, so I'm, le- I'm level eight by the time I reach this this guy. I zap the crowd of him while walking away. As soon as he gets close to me, he has one third of his life. I'm thinking, okay, and this is I'm actually gonna have to swing a little bit and get into this. No, instant plant to his forehead. Nice. That's one of the best. I oh my god, I love that kill cam shot. When you just you take, it's usually like you know an axe or something. It just it comes right over the shoulder. It buries itself right in the guy's forehead, and it just kind of like sticks there and goes. And like, exactly. and like your your axe actually is like moving a little bit in the guy's part. <laughs> Twitching. <laughs> kind of like that that's that extended scene from um, the Two Towers that I couldn't stop laughing when I saw it in theaters. Yes, I saw the extended version of Two Towers for the first time in theaters. Figure that one out. <laughs> but well, where on this all should have where Gimli's sitting on that dead orc at the end of it, and yes. the axe is burning his forehead. <laughs> He's still twitching because it's buried in the central nervous system. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. Oh, I, I, I I don't remember the rest of the movie because I was laughing too hard from that. But um, that's kind of how I felt sometimes when she pulls the axe out and they kind of twitch a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I crack up every time I do that. But I'm, (laughs) I'm having a blast with her. Oh, I, I still have the Dark Tower mod that me and Lou are using. Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I went up there to go steal my pouch like I always do to so get the extra 100 pounds. But I guess the modder changed it to where they no longer store the armor or the pouch in that chest. Ah. Uh. So I went up there to steal it. I, they, they went all to bed at night, so I had the whole room to myself. Like, oh, yes, it's going to be easy. Went over there, picked the lock, and there was nothing but ore and arrows. I got so mad, I stole everything. All the weapons, Everything. Everything I get my hands on, my girl was over was overburdened by twice the weight as I was crawling out of that dungeon and crawling all the way down to the um what's the name of that town? Um, talking about oh, White Rock? No, the first town you go into. It's uh I can't. My brain farted. Huge. Oh, right, right underneath uh, Bleak Falls Barrow. Yeah. Not Helgen. It's uh, we all brain farted. <laughs> Riverwood. Thank you. Riverwood, there we go. <laughs> Deep, you're my hero. Last yeah. episode, I couldn't remember Bleak Falls Barrow to the point where I was calling it, you know, whatever I was calling it last episode. Now I can't remember <laughs> the town underneath it. <laughs> Bleak Falls is right next to the Dark Tower that you go to get that stuff. So that trek from up there down to Riverwood took me 20 minutes. I was so <laughs> PO'd at this whole thing that I had to go in there and I had to make stuff with this iron ore and I had to sell everything and be done with it. But yeah, that was pretty fun. I robbed him blind. Not giving my pouch. Dang it. <laughs> See, now I'm afraid to go in there, because now that if, that if the modder did actually change and update his mod, like, ah! Oh. You can still buy it, or do the quest to make it with human hearts, but I wanted it for free. <laughs> yeah, it's so much easier. Mind you, 
Vegas. It's uh, Dingleberry Cave. Yeah, Dingleberry Cave. That's right. I uh, <laughs> I made almost twenty thousand gold from robbing them blind, though. Nice. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so, they got so much stuff in that that area where they there's are. a little lockbox underneath the main in the main front desk area that you get into. It has like uh, nine thousand gold in that alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was fun. I, I'm not using any of the weapons or anything like that, but I had to do it, and I, I, it got me right up to um, Dorvan armor smithing in no time flat <laughs> with nice. all the iron ore and gold ore I stole from that place. Wow, that's awesome, dude. She's twenty thousand. But right now, already at level nine, she's a complete BA, completely sexy BA, mind you. <laughs> Running, <around. laughs> burying her axe in uh, in people's foreheads and uh, wearing thong, thongs. Thong, thong, thong. <laughs> <laughs> yep, doing it in style, being completely BA in style. That was my week. Cool, uh, Mister Evarwin, how was yours? Oh, dude, well, I've I've had. I've had a very similar type of week, actually. So really? I've been, <laughs> I've been working on my my mage. All right, her name is Anastasia. So I've been working on Anastasia, and um, I've did the the first few quests in the game, which is you know Bleak Falls Barrow, the uh, the White the White Run Dragon quests, where you know you go to White Run, go back over to the tower, kill the dragon. Go back. Yeah, you know, that routine. Someone screams in your ears. <laughs> kill the dragon. Kill the dragon. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so then I've been doing that, right? Took care of all of that. And then I started, instead of, what, like I usually do, instead of going to High Rothgar uh, to the Greybeards, I just kind of start my game and just sort of roam around. And um, since I've never played a mage before, I really wanted to pick up a whole bunch of spells um, from the last episode. Uh, I know you guys were telling me, you know, use destruction at first. So that's that's exactly what I did. So I, I I bought a whole bunch of destruction spells over in Dragon's Reach from the uh, from the mage over there. Mm-hmm. He has mm-hmm. a ton of them all Got, the time. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I wound up getting. I think I found clairvoyance at uh, Bleak Falls Barrow. Yeah. So. Yeah. You also get that yeah. at River Reach, Riverwood. Sorry, Riverwood. In, in yeah, River it's Wood. like it's common in, in the early game. Clairvoyance. You see it a lot. And you can get it in that that mine shaft. The first one you come across, beginning of the game, it's always in there. South of Helgen. Yep. Yeah, I I didn't know that, but um, yeah, I know what you're referring to. Yeah, like clairvoyance is like, it's like really really common, and then like you just never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> you get it, um, learn it, never use it. At least I haven't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I, I saw it, I grabbed it, I learned it, and I figured, you know what? In case, because you never oh know. Oh my god, it is so useless, because even if you do try to use it, half the time you end up walking in the wrong direction, not even realizing it, and it keeps going. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, Deep River in the chat room saying it'll lead you right off a cliff. <laughs> it will. <laughs> the padding in this game is just awful. <laughs> Uh, so I got that. Um, I really I bought Fireball, Firebolt, Frost Rune, Frostbite, Fury, Ice Spike, Lesser Ward, Lightning Bolt, <laughs> giggity, <laughs> and Oak Flesh. Okay, you gotta tell me, have you taken the lightning and hit a cart yet with it? <laughs> no, but I I launched a Nord. 
That works too. <laughs> I can't wait to tell you that hmm, story. I'm Nords just, can was... fly. <laughs> What's that? I said, huh? Nords can fly. Go figure. Oh, this one, I <laughs> like right up into the moon. It was hysterical. <laughs> to the moon. The moon. To the moon house. I'll get to that in a second. Um, initially, what I was doing was I was running through, you know, Bleak Falls Barrow and 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 the Dragon Encounter. I was doing this with um the uh with dual wielding flames and then dual wielding sparks and then i realized quite by accident that if i use one-handed sparks and one-handed flames it's so much better you start off with flames you get a little bit of that flames on the character back yourself up a little bit and then just not necessarily spam like holding the button down but like intermittently throwing out sparks you will tear that mob down faster than he was brought into the earth. You'll destroy him within t- between the the um, the slight uh, damage over time effect that flames gives a mob, and the um, I'm guessing like a, the bursting damage that sparks does. Mm-hmm. Plus, it sucks the hell out of stamina and magicka. It's just it's all over the place. So it's a great combination and. As a mage, obviously, you know, you don't want anyone on top of you. So you just kind of back yourself up, flames, back yourself up, sparks, 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 dead. Have you tried Ice Spike yet? Yes. That one has the coolest kill cams of any of the spells. That's what I used to kill the dragon. I was trying to kill the dragon using flames, and that wasn't working. And I I kind of figured it wouldn't, but eh, I tried it. didn't work. Then I tried my one-handed, you know, combo I just described. That was working better, but not really the kind of, not the way that I wanted it to go off because I got a third try out of it, and that was because I died the second time. So obviously that wasn't working out. Then I mixed it up, and I used Ice Spike. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That'll hurt a dragon. (laughs) That'll hurt anything. It was just, but it really, like, I'm not talking like it was just, you know, a little bit more damage. No, it was like, Flames was like, eh, a little bit of damage. Sparks was like, eh, a little bit more damage. And then it was like, I spike in your face. <laughs> <laughs> the dragon literally turned around and goes, ow! <laughs> what the? <laughs> that hurt you, jerk! <laughs> now, the way I did it was, if you use I spike once... You don't have any more mana. It's just like you had mana once and now you just don't have it anymore. It, I believe it was an- it's an intermediate spell. What's that? I believe it's an intermediate level spell. So if you get the um, intermediate perk, yeah, it you can use it several times, especially when you put more magic into it. You can use that as like a chain gun. Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. And especially with this, I didn't pick up the, um, the, uh, the dual casting or the, um, the one where you can use, uh, I think it's a Apprentice level for less magicka. I hadn't gotten those two perks yet. Mm, you got to get that. Those are necessities. Yeah, that's really what hampered my fight with that dragon regarding ice spike. Um, so what I did was I saw how much damage just one of those things was doing. So the, the dragon, the dragon eventually got me down. I ran out of health potions and I didn't have enough magicka to use my my resto spells. So the the dragon eventually got me. Went back in. So I think now the fourth or the fifth time now. I think it's the fourth. Ran back in, right? Started up the encounter. And just started, you know, I had Ice Spike 
I was dual wielding ice spike, but I was using one hand attacks. So just one ice spike on the right, one ice spike on the left. Oh, you I, weren't dueling it. Yeah. I started I was saving I was doing slightly less damage than than the dual wield ice spike does, but I was using a lot less magicka as well. So I was just throwing these ice spikes at this dragon. And he literally was like, you know, ow, that really freaking hurts. Like, he was, like, really feeling it. He was taking it. So anyway, I, I'm i roaming around, like, one of these rocks trying to, like, LOS his his, uh, his dragon fire. And I'm sorry if my audio keeps coming in and out because I'm, like, moving around the, the mic. <laughs> He's excited. I'm, I'm excited. Like, around the world. <laughs> <laughs> so I go moving around this rock trying to LOS his, his fire. I go, Pete, he's got, he's got a little sliver bit of life left. I go peeking around the corner, throw my left hand ice spike out, boom, right in the face, dead. It was great. It was like, Dovahkiin, Dovahkiin. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally awesome. I'm I was let, so excited. I remember when I was playing my mage, I, I one shot a dragon with ice spikes, the dual handed one. Mm-hmm. And I could have swore I heard the dragon go, I, 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 run off the <laughs> distance. <laughs> Did that dragon just whimper? <laughs> it's like a newspaper to the nose. Bad, bad dragon. <laughs> bad dragon. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I I tried ice bike, and it's it's awesome stuff. Um, then I started heading up north, like I was like I was describing, bypassing the graybeards. I headed up north, and um, I I wandered into. You remember a couple of episodes? It was actually a couple of months ago. Now it's probably about ten episodes ago. I was describing a, a cave I walked into, and Dave was laughing because I apparently interrupted a quote-unquote troll date. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, <laughs> You're a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> They're having a date. You're a troll blocker, man. <laughs> what a troll blocker. <laughs> troll well, blocker. <laughs> let's put it this way. At the end of all things, they're not having that date anymore. <laughs> wow, you're, you went back there and killed them? No, I went back there and ran away, and then I went back there, and then I killed him. <laughs> You're a jerk. I found the cave, I went back in, I ran back out, because I realized that fire is good for trolls, but I don't have a whole lot of magicka. So, this wasn't working out for me. I wasn't, I was trying to, like, use the flames on them, wasn't really working out all that well, and I eventually, I, I ran away. Um, I made my way further up north to Valheim Towers. And now I start using the the one-handed combo I was talking about with sparks and flames. Mm-hmm. But then I remember Dave laughing a couple of episodes ago about using dual-wielding sparks and feeling like the Emperor from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to try it out. <laughs> Against a troll? Well, no. This time I'm in Valheim Towers. I'm fighting oh, okay. bandits. Oh, in that case, go for it. Knock yourself yeah. out. I figured it's it's bandits, you know, it's got to work out great, um, and it did. It was it was great, but you know what works better? Lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. Lightning bolt works better. <laughs> <laughs> when I was dual wielding the the sparks, they were still running up on me, and I would have to back up, and and they would eventually die after my second my second charge. When I was using lightning bolt, I would dual wield lightning bolt, and the same I did with ice spike on the dragon. I was using one handed attacks with my dual wield lightning bolt on on these bandits. It was great. I'd throw one, two, maybe a third one, 
and they would die. And not just not just die, like die and get launched backwards. So like there was bandits getting now Valheim Towers is it's the uh, the bandit tower that's north of White Run and it's a tower that's right next to it's on a road and it's next to a river. And it's got that that bridge span across the river into a neighboring um, rocky hill. And then there's another tower there. Just to explain to you, like, which one I'm I'm referring to. So I was using this thing, and bandits were just flying off the tower, like, left and right across that span. It was absolutely hysterical. I forgot one was actually on top of one of the main towers. So I go walking back in after slaughtering everyone. I go walking back in, and all I see is, you never should have come here. <laughs> I go walking up to the top of the tower, and I'm getting pelted with with, uh, with arrows. So I find a little corner to like hide myself in. I got my dual-wheeled lightning bolt, and I'm, I'm looking up, and I see that she's able to like shoot arrows at me through the floor to where I was. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me see how well this... How much magic gets sucked up if I use dual-wielding lightning bolt? I get underneath where that hole is. I'm able to see her right on top. I use the dual-wield lightning bolt. I catch her perfectly, like right in the face. She goes launching straight up, up and back. I offed her in one one shot, one shot at her. Is this your uh, your uh, your Nords flying? This is this is Nords in space. Nice. <laughs> Nords in space. <laughs> yes, we are that nerdy. <laughs> I mean, she rocketed right up. I never saw her land. I'm like laughing hysterically. I go running up the steps to go see like where she landed, thinking like she she went up straight. So I'm thinking she landed down onto the platform she was standing on. No. <laughs> She went up, back, across the river, and landed on the small sandy shore all the way across the river next to the other tower. <laughs> Dang, dude. They got a new world record. I, I mean, I don't know. The thousand meter Nord launch? It was, <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. I don't know what that was all about. But you know when you, like, you catch something just the at the right angle or something and just like... You, you crit on a melee swing and they go like, you know, rocketing up or something. And that must have happened with this spell because I, she just, she went across the river. It was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> I love those no. moments. What's that? I love, I love it when you send a Nord into space like that. Remember <laughs> that the uh, Elder Scrolls video that I recorded put together for the Hobbit days? Mm-hmm. I did that with an arrow. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, something bugs out in the game, and, like, the the guy just goes, like, launching much further than it ever did in the past. Well, in my case, I think it was because um, my stupid horse, uh, who I've, I've amply named, um, instead of being, you know, um, Shadowmere, it's now, his, his name is now Dog Food, um, was up there attacking the Nord at the same time. I think his hit and my arrow hit him at the same time. Maybe there was some kind of eon flux capacitor explosion that occurred from the time paradox that launched him into space i have no idea (laughs) oh god um 
the Valheim tires did teach me one thing other than other than how to launch a Nord in space. World Sneaking might actually work for a mage. It can be done, yeah. Um, yeah. I know there's perks in certain trees that make it very, very doable. Yes. Oh yeah. Now I'll never, I'll never be able to like sneak up behind somebody with you know dual wielding spells in my hand. But but what I did notice is that when my when my guard is down and I'm sneaking, it can give me the opportunity to put down like a rune spell on the ground, and then fire off a um a real quick like ice spike or lightning bolt to grab the guy's attention they come running at me and boom they hit that rune and they they go up in flames or you know or what what have you really really awesome for dungeons wouldn't recommend it obviously for for open world but it's great for dungeons um i headed up further north into uh gray winter watch and uh dark shade cave which is like a little cave further up that river and um Engaged in trolls. There's a big troll cave in there. <laughs> I felt kind of bad. All right. I was walking over. I saw like there was a cave on my compass. So I figured, let me go over. Let me check this thing out. On my way over there, I felt really bad because when I looked down, um, there was like blood all over the ground by the opening of the cave. And right by the opening of that cave was a, uh, a young a young woman all dressed up in, in robes like dead on the ground. And I got really upset over that, over this <laughs> just like randomly, like I had like an emotional moment and I was like, you know, I, you know, she was young and really, she, yeah. <laughs> so full you of promise, so full of life. You have, you had an emotional moment because the human chick got killed. But if they're trolls, you're all for just you know slaying them while they're having a good time. You know, after a year of uh, nearly a year of recording with Ivarwin, you haven't figured out his personality type. That yes, this is like okay. <laughs> Ivarwin's a jerk. I, I don't know what happened. Like I was just I was on my way into this cave. I didn't know what to expect. I looked down and like there's this this young pretty little Nord girl. Just well, she wasn't a girl, but she's you know pretty Nord woman. You know, dressed in like white robes, she looked like a priest, dead, like laying there on the ground in a pool of blood. Would it make more sad if she maybe was like, she deserved it? I don't think so because when I moused over her, it said Nord, <laughs> not Bandit. <laughs> so I felt bad, like really, really bad, and I got angry, and I started like looking around the area, thinking like, what could be in this cave? And I see troll sc- troll skulls on the ground. There was a bandit there. There was another guy there. I'm thinking, like, this has got to be like a bandit cave. I walk in, and there's trolls in there. Not one, not two, but four. (laughs) And you know what? I was angry enough to say, I'm going to kill every one of these trolls in here for doing that. It took me six different attempts, and I learned that flames on a troll works best if you use it in conjunction, one-handed flames and one-handed firebolt. If you use that in conjunction, you'll save a lot of mana and you'll do a lot of DPS. But you got to kite them a lot. Evarwin rage. It took me. You know, <laughs> that was their cave. The girl has no business being there. <laughs> got herself killed when she walked up into that mess. You know what? I don't think so. I don't think it was the troll's cave. Because when you, you go, just in- some random pretty girl. 
was all like, gee, when I get older, I want to own a cave. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like Fievel said in the chat room, it could have been an anniversary gift from one of the trolls to the other trolls. A guy girl troll thing? (laughs) When you go inside, it looked like an excavation site. I'm thinking she was the priestess that was... Of course it did! It's a cave! (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I, I I had this mental image of a Varwin being like Anakin from Attack of the Clones. He's just there, like, in a rage. That Tommy's music going, the screeching sound again. I'm going to wipe out every Tusken Raider I can find. Now he's on a mission in Skyrim. He's going to eliminate every troll in Skyrim. That's exactly how I felt. For animals! And I slaughtered them like animals. <laughs> it's all Obi-Wan's fault. Aldo is holding me back. You were the chosen one of Arwen. <laughs> Kinnereth. <laughs> oh, God. I was, I, I, was, I was emotional. I really was. And I went in there and I... I uh, I, I walked the path to the dark side and I killed everything with my lightning. That's a mark of a, that, that's a mark of a fantastic game when it can draw your emotion. <laughs> Let me tell you, I don't look. I don't know. The bet you guys are going to make fun of me when I get to this next part, but you bet uh, we are. <laughs> you're going to tear me apart. Um, <laughs> all right, so look, I really like. I had it. I was I was on a mission. I was a man on a mission, and my NPC's a girl, so I was a girl on a mission. <laughs> I ran in there. I slaughtered them. They're animals. I slaughtered them. <laughs> Walks out of the cave all dripping in blood and, you know, yeah. uh, troll teeth and stuck in the hair, eyeballs off the left ear, sits <laughs> down and just starts crying. <laughs> I walk out of the cave, right, after after destroying them one by one with my firebolt and my flames. I walk out of the cave. I had, because I'm doing alchemy and... um I'm actually getting into alchemy now. That's that's you know another another tree I'm specking into. Um, I picked up a bunch of flowers, and yes, I went there with it. I walked <laughs> over to the girl. I put flowers onto her person, and then I picked her up off the shore, and I put her into the river, and I watched her body float down the stream, and I gave her a burial. <laughs> wow! Did you loot her first? <laughs> Before no, you put the flowers she, back on her body. Oh no, God, I, mean, I, I looked to see what was in her inventory, and she just had. You the, did. This. You looted the dead chick. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I did not. No, I didn't. For what she had in her was robes and her boots. I mean, number one, there was nothing to take, but I wasn't going to take what she had. So I gave her some flowers, and I, I gave her a water burial. You know, that was so boat. sweet of you. We're on a boat. She had gems on her. I bet you would have taken them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have because I thought about that too. It, hey, I did, it did come to my mind. I Dave, said if I find anything on her of value, I shouldn't take it. Dave, what it was is he was searching her for identification to notify her next of kin. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing ends off with me still being upset. I went back to that cave where the trolls were having their date, Dave. And I slaughtered them. They're animals. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nivarwin, the slayer of trolls. Here, here. Troll water. <laughs> Troll so, Young Nord girl, this is for you. Well, Nivarwin, that was an epic story this week. You made mine look pathetic. Alright. <laughs> uh, Lou, what about you? Can you talk Oh. Back? Well, 
last week, well, last time we spoke, I just entered Dim Hollow Crypt. You know, I actually just started the Dawn Guard content. It's been sitting there for a while on my hard drive. Like, you know what? Like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So this time I actually went further in and was checking it out. And like always, you know, I'm always amazed by the graphics. And yeah, it got me killed because <laughs> I actually approached uh, that inner uh, part of the cavern, Dim Hollow Crypt, where that circular uh, platform is with the arches. Right. wasn't really paying attention and realized that, oh my god, Vampire Thrall just kicked my ass <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, swinging a two-handed, two-handed hammer and critted me. And, you know, it was a great kill cam shot from my part. That I was the, one, I was the recipient. Like, this is great. Take time to my sights gets me killed. All right. Reload. <laughs> That's what my insides look like. <laughs> look at this. This sucks. All right, yellow yeah, the file. Um, so this time, like, all right, this time I'm just going to be careful. And there are, I believe there, yeah, there are three NPCs on that area. And I was like, you know what? It's time for some target practice. So okay. whip out the old bow. And I really wish I had fraps these kills because these are some beautiful shots worthy of the widget, widget school of, of archery. Ooh. Unlike a couple of weeks ago when you were you were shooting your bow and you're hitting everything else but the target. Yes, <laughs> where I was killing everything, everything but the target. This is now uh-huh. the. Oh, this is great. Boy. I really wish I had fresh. This is a beautiful shot. Lou leveled up. <laughs> From an impossible distance, this is the one in a million shot. Like, oh, yeah, I got him. Right in the eye. Nice. Jerk. <laughs> this is for killing me in the last save. <laughs> Revenge is sweet. Awesome. However, though, there were some shots that I, I did miss quite a few times. Got You know, it got their attention, hit. And so on. I was like, damn, I really want those arrows back, though, because these are the class arrows, and I like to conserve ammo on, uh, whenever I use archery on my main. So after I killed them, I actually spent a couple minutes looking at right, I know the arrows went over here. Where are they? And I found them all, thank God. So I look at this platform, and I see the other ledge on the other side. I'm like, all right, what, now what's over here? Because I do see the little icon saying, yeah, hit this. This is for the quest. Yeah, yeah, I, I see it. Go here, do that. Yeah, 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 I, I got you. But, ooh, another area to explore. Mm-hmm. And again, I went up there, see some gargoyles. Again, I'm like, all right. Took a swing at it, make sure they weren't coming alive. <laughs> Trying to be preemptive. Mm-hmm. I hate gargoyles. Um, went to this little anteroom that's off to the side, and of course, I see a little lever on the floor. What's this do? Pop that, open the gate, and oh, great. Here comes some drogger popping out of their crypts again. You know, I should have realized this, but oh well. <laughs> But it was a button. It was shiny. I had to put. Yeah, it. I had to press it. I just had to press it. At least you can get you know, yourself locked into the crypt. That is true. Yeah. And realizing, oh, I saved half an hour ago. Get this all over again. Bummer. <laughs> but now I'm at this stage. I see the drago that pop out, and one of them is a drago overlord. And before I used to fear those guys because those those the overlords especially. Yeah. Used to take me to town. Like now I'm just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Come on. You know, I'm just gonna stand right here. You guys can come to me this time, <laughs> and I did. I, I literally stood there and waited for the drogger to come to me. Nice. At this point in the game, where I'm not even scared, I'm like, yeah, "All right, is that the is that the best you can do? Come on, I'm not even <laughs> swinging." <laughs> so did he make his way over to you? Oh yeah, they did. They did. I just literally stood in place, and they came over to me. Except the one annoying little 
ranged Draugr. So I had to move just a little bit just to get out of the line of sight. There's always one. Yeah, always one. And I'm seeing the Draugr Overlord. He just takes this one massive swing at me, and I'm like, ooh, camera shakes. I My character staggers. I look at my health bar. I'm like, wow, he didn't do a damn thing to me. This is amazing. <laughs> okay. Wow. I nice. let him take a couple. Yeah, I let him take a couple more free swings. Like, oh, oh, this is great. This is nice. I'm at the stage. Like, oh, okay. Three swings. He goes down. <laughs> that was it. Two, yeah, three swings. He went down. <laughs> Jeez. Two power swings on the other Draugr. That Draugr went down. And the wonderful thing that I have written here too is like I actually put Soul Trap on both my weapons now. Oh, nice. Yeah. And if you are using the uh, the Black Sacrament mod that Joe and I are using, uh, Joe, these are the, the Akaviri swords yes. that are on the wall. Yeah, I stole those. <laughs> <laughs> I stole them. Nice. I, I stole them, upgraded them, to now they're legendary, <laughs> and I enchanted them with Soul Trap. <laughs> Going a little BA there? Oh, yeah. It felt great <laughs> seeing that. Yep, got your soul. <laughs> see, see, Dave, Like this is why... Lou is the Chuck Norris of, of QGN. <laughs> because he doesn't just kill people, he eats their souls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the... Yeah, I'm integrating a little Mortal Kombat no, no, no. See, uh, with Skyrim. <laughs> Lou's enemies, he doesn't stab his enemies. They walk up to his sword just to get a closer look. Run me through, Please. <laughs> Please, but yeah, once I get rid of him, I was like, all right, cool. Nothing else is in the room. All right, good. I'm safe. Awesome. Went back and actually went to the quest icon area. It says use button. Okay. <laughs> use the button. So I press the button and all right, that spike goes through my hand. Like, what the hell just happened? Oh, <laughs> yeah. My character staggers. Our hands impaled. I'm like, oh, my God. Bleep, what just happened? <laughs> am yeah. I, he's like, am oh, I going to get jumped now by like eight vampire lords? This really sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I'm standing there, and then all I see, though, is that special flame that's going around in that area. I'm like, all right, and I'm, what am I supposed to do? For like, for like the briefest of minutes at that part, don't you kind of feel like you have an open, bleeding wound in the middle of like shark-infested waters? Mm-hmm. For like, for like a split second, you're starting to think like... Am I going to get zerged by vampires now because I, I'm, like, bleeding all, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, this is it. Now they're all going to wake out of the cup and go, ooh, dinner is up and ready. Exactly. <laughs> Not this one. Not this time. So I'm looking at the floor going, all right, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> like this. So moving around, moving around, trying to figure out the pattern. And then uh, once I figured it out, I'm like, all right, what happens next? And I thought that's, like, like one of the really cool sequences this content when you actually uh, reveal uh, Serena's sarcophagus. Yeah, it comes rising up out of the out of the ground. Right. Yeah. The the, the platform starts to sink and yeah. split up to those different levels, and then her sarcophagus rises out of the ground. I'm like, wow, this is cool. When and the floor one- started to drop, I thought I was literally going to fall into that that lake area. <laughs> go, oh, great, this is where I die because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I remember wondering, like, how did she get in there? Did, did- <laughs> Did like did like her big sister like shove her in there and close it close it up like a like like you'd get shoved into a closet or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're being teased by your eldest sibling. Growing up, sleeping <laughs> pill in the coffee. Come on, it's easy. Yeah. 
So I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, there she is. And yeah, I'm looking at her. I'm like, okay, this is cool. I see the dialogue options pop up, but I'm also looking at her character. I'm like, what the hell is that on your back? And the little behold, one of the dialogue options is, is that an Elder Scroll on your back? <laughs> <laughs> no, that answers that question. <clears throat> yeah, like, oh, wh- why is that? Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking at the game, dumbfounded, going, wow, that's, that's a pretty big Elder Scroll. <laughs> why is a vampire having it? It's like walking down the, the middle of, like, New York City and just seeing someone with, you know, the Mona Lisa just strapped to their back. <laughs> yeah. You just have to stop and go, um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, I didn't know Elder Scrolls would be a fashionable weapon back then for vampires. Oh, we've all got one. This is, this is mine, see? Oh, I wish it was that easy in the Elder Scroll. Hey, you know, I got this other quest. Go kill Aldo. Can I borrow yours instead? It's big, well, it's so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I, 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 we figured it's time to leave. So I'm exiting uh, the area. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just like I mentioned, I hate gargoyles. And I, at this point, yeah, this is when they pop alive. I'm like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. You can almost oh. see it coming like a mile away. Yeah, it, it's like that really. <laughs> Really, it's a scene of really bad horror movies. Like, oh yeah, yeah, this is where the guy gets it. <laughs> you know, this is where the pretty girl in the slash movie gets it. Like, yep, this is where it's gonna happen. And man, I just galvanized with the action because you know, like I said, I hate gargoyles. So the moment <laughs> they spread to life, I'm like, oh, you can stay right here. You know, I'm gonna kill these things right now. Dude, I love gargoyles. I Dude. went in there swinging like a madman. <laughs> you like just just hate gargoyles in general or is this a like in skyrim i hate gargoyles thing oh this is an mmo thing i mmo slash or any rpg thing with gargoyles i hate that creature <laughs> in any of these games oh, did you realize, like did you try to loot the gargoyles after you killed them mm-hmm. yeah got lots of stuff off of them i think i got uh like dude they're like pinatas <laughs> yeah, i love killing those guys I, I, I love the gargoyles in Fable 2. Those are good gargoyles because they're hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I mean, after I killed the first, I literally killed the first bunch. I went all over that that crypt saying, all right, who's next? Who's next? I was possessed. So I'll kill all of you. I hate you. I hate you all. Where are you? <laughs> it's all Obi-Wan's fault. They're animals. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what I realized the crypt was safe. Like, all right, good, good. And then, you know, as I'm thinking to myself, when I'm, uh, I'm talking to Serrano, I'm like, hmm, this voice sounds really, really familiar. And uh, as I mentioned to Avaran before, uh, before we actually started the show, I'm like, you know what? You should read my notes. And then I'm talking to her, talking to her, like, you know, repeating certain sentences. And I'm like, wait a minute. That voice is it. And as Avaran can attest, or if you played the Jedi Knight and Swotor, she really, Serana really needs to say, I'm about to beat your record, boss. Or, <laughs> eat lightsaber, jerk. It's Kira. Yeah, it's Kira. It's the voice actress who plays Kira in SWOTOR. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. So Serana, Serana's been around. Giggity. Giggity, yeah. <laughs> Jedi Knight by day, vampire by night. But yeah, it was. I was like, "Wow, this is cool!" I was like, you really need to make a, a mod pack to where they actually blend the two, the two uh, together, the two together. Well, <laughs> like, get her lines yeah. and tour and put them into Skyrim. 
you probably could, saying, seeing as how Star Wars starts with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, mm-hmm. and hundreds of years ago, and then thousands of years ago, she gets herself stuck in that thing. I, I, I think you could totally fanfic it. I think we got a Doctor Who paradox going on here. Okay, yeah, now that before we go way off topic, you got anything else, Lou? <laughs> Doctor Who's not off topic from Elder Scrolls. <laughs> no, they're closely resemblance. No. Dave, no. to the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, uh, I'm at the Quanji, you know, where I'm actually, what do I do? Do I actually take her back to her castle? You know, join sides and betray the Dawn Guard or, you know, take her home and then just just do a Van Helsing on all of them. <laughs> I'm really wondering. <laughs> What'd you do? Nothing yet. I'm actually at the point where I, I'm actually going to make two saves. Oh I'll oh, make one where I, I'll, I'll betray Dawnguard, and then I'm just going to just try to kill everyone in her are castle. You, are you leaving us off with this this cliffhanger right now? You're yes, leaving. We, oh my god! Next that's, week, read all about it. Lou, the first mass murderer, Skyrim. That's right. He's got 99 problems. The vampires ain't one. <laughs> <laughs> See, the question is, Lou, do you have a gyro? No, I do not. Okay, then go vampires. Yeah. <laughs> it's that easy. Because if you do have a gyro in your inventory, then no, you can no, go... No, you got to be just smarter than Dave and look by the river. Right next to Man, the river. I'm there not... you go. I looked all over <laughs> that. You know what? <laughs> These grapes are sour. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, wine bitter, anyone? Here, taste this. <laughs> no, I love you, Dave. <laughs> I put effort into that. <laughs> Speaking of Dave, how was your week like, dare I ask? <laughs> well, I want to just start out by saying that uh, the first thing I did this week is I killed a young Nord girl and stuck her in a troll cave. You animal. <laughs> You pigtail animal! It's <laughs> all uh, No, but um, I, I, you know, I really wish, and especially after this last week, and I'll explain why. But I really wish there was a new game plus where you could take your skills that are are capped out on your old character, and when you make a new character, they're already capped out. Can I be. really, I really wish because, um. I, I I worked a ton on smithing and conjuration this week. Okay. So so you pulled uh you pulled the Liz and you stayed inside White Run and made pretty little things. Pretty much. It's cool, bro. It's all right. It's cool, you bro. Stay, it's cool. You can stay at home. Just stay home and just craft things and just not go out in the real world and you know experience life. It's okay. Well, <laughs> I unlocked the. Oh, what are they? The the not the assassins, the good ones, the thieves, the thieves guild. And I went and I've been training archery and sneaking. Every time I level up by doing the smithing and conjuration. And every time I I, I leveled up, I'd I'd go back train. Then I'd go work on leveling up. Go back train. Work on leveling up. I've eventually got my conjuration and smithing up to a hundred on both of them, and I'm level thirty-eight just by working on those four things. Well, I have a little bit other stuff. So you haven't done any 
any like questing at all or any I like, haven't even seen Alduin raise the first dragon yet. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, so I just started on Golden Glow because I got sick and tired of doing my leveling thing. Mm-hmm. And I I opened my first chest in there and found Meridia's bacon. So I was I was laughing at that. Did you do the quest yet? No, I haven't even I haven't done the quest, but I, I just I giggle every time I, I get that little soccer ball. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the most important soccer ball in the world, apparently. In the whole world, yeah. I, I, you pull it out of a chest, and it looks like a soccer ball, and the only thing that goes through my mind is Ricky Martin's Cup of Life. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. That's wow. That's out of the show for the merit of, of losing cred. Yeah, I, well, I was going to go FIFA Skyrim 2013, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> you should you should be able to. like You should have the choice, if you're not going to go after the sword, to just keep Meridia's beacon and play soccer with it. I I, uh, I think there should be. You know what? There we go. I hope I hope Bethesda is listening. Pete Hines, pick your ears up. Um, yeah, soccer, soccer in, in Skyrim. Uh, we can call it uh, uh, Field Dar. Field. Wow. Okay. Right. Anywho, I started the Golden Glow quest chain, which was hilarious <laughs> because I set fire to the bee. Uh, hives by shooting fire arrows or bolts from my crossbow at them, which just made me giggle. And I, you know, I went through that whole place. I know that you know, as a thief, like doing the thieves guild, you're supposed to do stuff without killing, right? Yeah. In Have theory. you ever done the golden glow without just killing everybody in there? Yes, every time. Really? Really. There's a way to do it without killing the guards. Well, you got you got to sacrifice one or two, but oh, I I wipe the place clean every time. The only person I don't kill is the dude I have to pickpocket at the very end of it. No, I killed that guy too. You killed that? What? Yeah. Well, no, you I'm... get like you get like bonus points if he stays alive. Yeah, I know, but at that point, I'm just I've killed everyone, so I'm just like whatever. <laughs> Whatever, one more, just one. I, I, just, I, I love it because like you get through it, and I, I turned in the quest without killing that dude at the end of Golden Glow, and they're all like, "Hey, great job! I love how you did it without killing the guy." And then there's like you know that they have to have like two piles of bodies sitting outside of Golden Glow, you know, of just like rotting guard corpses with with bolts in their foreheads. Joe, don't you remember, like, just before the the uh, the spring began? I did. A, I was doing the live stream, and I did that quest, and like everyone in there died, and I was like piling up Nords on beds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> bending them over on top of each other. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Images are still burned in my head. Yeah, that's 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 what happened last time I went in there. I killed everyone. <laughs> I can't do that quest either, Dave, without sneaking around and, and alerting everybody. I know exactly how you I, feel. I actually, I now want to see Joe do it without killing one guard. Yeah. I might be able to. I I definitely want to see this because that, that's nothing but epicness written on I personally can't I imagine doing that very quest 
without killing every single one of them and giggling the entire time. I, my record was two guards I had to kill. That was it. I think I, Joe I, can do it. I might be able to pull it off without killing a single thing, yeah. I think he can do it and live stream it. <clears throat> I think I could. Yeah, I, I really want to see this. I'll set it up. <laughs> Sweet, yeah. We're, we're People definitely in the chat room are, are trying to tell us to go invisible for that quest and stuff like that. No, that's cheating. Well, look who's saying it. Oh, no, that's Bible. <laughs> I thought that was Liz. Hey, if it was Liz, that'd be a different story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We have um, a very large next segment of the show. Um, I'm going to set this up really quick for you guys. We are not doing our regular segments after this point. We're calling this, I think we're going to call this, let me see here, the um, the, t- the Crafting Tamril Scroll of Awesome. Yeah. With Square. Squared. There you go. Squared. Squared. There you go. The Square Crafting Tamriel Scroll of Awesome? The yes. Elder Banner Tamriel Mare? No, no, no. <laughs> we're still doing the Banner Mare, but... We're not doing the Elder Scroll, Tamriel Times, and we're not doing um, Town Square. So, what we're going to be replacing that with is we're going to talk about in one second. But I need an official bumper. I think I might use the... Uh... I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, we'll be right oh, back. Now I'm excited. I'm excited. If you, if you make a new bumper over this, Joe... I, I might. <laughs> I don't know, man. Even a couple of snippets of, of some sound there would be pretty freaking awesome. The Tamrielder time scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Dave is typing on our notes. You like right that? <laughs> Tamrielder time scrolls. <laughs> oh, the awesome. Tamrielder time scrolls. I think Joe said no Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Who theme. References. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna bring on Mister. Uh, we're gonna bring on a special guest, and we'll be right back. And we are back for this epic new segment that we might roll out here and there. But I, I, I'm, this is no joke. We took a little uh, eight-minute break just now before these two segments. And during that break, I mixed this bumper. And I, I'm, I'm not kidding. The chat room was there as witness. So this is the bumper for the segment. <laughs> Elder Scrolls Online Hour of Awesomeness. Yes, we are in the Elder Scrolls Online Hour of Awesomeness. Well, it might be an hour, it might be less. Huh? I can't believe you mixed that in like five seconds flat. That would have taken me like hours to do. <laughs> it was more like five minutes, but you know. I mean, it's it's obviously not like a, a big drawn out production, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I I I'm terrible at what you do, and you're you're so awesome at it. It's like <laughs> I'm blushing. It's Thank it's you, awesome. Sir. Very good. Great great job, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. All right, joining us for this segment is the writer. Our, our lead writer for Quest Gaming Network, Mr. Joseph Bradford. Evening, everybody. We uh, we brought him on for our point five shows in the past because his extensive knowledge on the topic we are covering at this point. Because this topic is so important, Joe Bradford needed to be here for it. Yes. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, you said it. Needed. As well as the rest of the regular Elder Scrolls staff, 
Dave, Adams, Lewis, and myself, Lou Barwin. All right, so we're gonna head. To, we're gonna play this video that myself, Dave, and Lou have not heard yet or seen. Um, we're gonna stop it periodic periodically to talk about key points as we see it. I believe Evarwin and I know, I know, I know Joe has uh, Joe Bradford has seen this video already because he did the whole post on it on our website. You can see it, you can see this video at elderscrollsoffrecord.com, right there on our main page, and Joe Bradford's masterful article with it. All right. If I uh, if I can, Joe, just just real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I explained this off air, but just so the listeners understand what it is that we're doing, um, we've got a 16 minute long video. All right, the information that's in that video from beginning to end is very very good and and key information regarding solo play in Elder Scrolls Online. Now, the reason why we want to feature this in its entirety is because if we took snippets from it, you're not going to get the kind of information that they're trying to get across to all of us. So we want to play it, all 16 minutes of it, and what we're going to do is every host, when they hear something they want to interject on or they want to elaborate on or kind of like you know get excited over, um, they're going to say randomly, okay, stop the video real quick. And, and so, guys, don't mute yourselves, okay? Don't feel like you have to take turns. If you, if you talk over each other, that's okay. Like we, This is the first time that, that some of you are hearing this video, and some of the listeners, this may be the first time that you're hearing this video too. Let's see if we can capture that excitement and also address the issues that we want to address in this 16-minute long video. That's the goal for today. That's why it's going to probably take us an hour. All right. We're going to start it right now. As soon as the audio decides to kick in here. This is kind of like Mystery Science Theater. Explain your approach to questing and, and the world at large. And, like, the normal kind of tradition in MMOs is kind of quest hubs. And you guys are doing something a little bit different. How do you guys approach that? Basically, what we've done is we've tried to eliminate a lot of the kind of hub-and-spoke model. So we've set up the world... Um, into what we're calling objectives or, or points of interest. And so as the player is kind of wandering through the world, they find these really cool little POIs, these little these uh, little pockets or, or, or individualized stories. The world is what um, gives the quests to the players rather than any individual NPC. I think one of the other good things about the way we've... I want to stop it right there. I was just going to suggest that. Me yeah. Um, I'm trying to wrap my head around this right now, uh, the proper way to put this. So instead of being an NPC-driven quest system, it's going to be actual world events that are going to drive the questing system. It's like, that's what I'm kind of getting out of this. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I think they're trying to allude to is a mix between either that and the compass system that we see in Skyrim. Okay. The, the one thing that I wanted to... The reason why I was about to say, okay, hold on a second, stop video, was because this is so anti-World of Warcraft, it's not even funny. If, if you were to draw a spectrum of, of World of Warcraft being on one side, this most assuredly would be completely on the other end. And, and a little bit further in the video, you'll, you'll really see exactly what they're talking about, not too much further in. Um, but yeah, it's basically like a, the content is going to reveal itself to you via the the compass that you're you're used to in Oblivion and Skyrim, it's going to reveal itself to you in that manner. Right. So in other words, a living, breathing world instead of a stagnant NPC 
go get me 15 squirrel hides. What do you got on this, Bradford? So I can make a fancy well, bra. Only only thing I can think of when I, when I when I first heard this part is first of all that that interviewer doesn't sound very interested at all. I'm just going to say that <laughs> he just sounds so bored to be sitting in that room whereas the rest of us any one of us on the show would probably be chomping at the bit to be interviewing these guys hi guys um yeah uh but we always every article they put out every interview they put out they really stressed about trying to keep what the elder scrolls feel we all know and love and how many times have we played an elder scrolls game in the past where we've been walking through the world chasing down one quest and then ending ending up finishing about four or five I think because we picked up quests along the way a million times on the show about especially with Lou and his overstocked um, quest log just oh, yeah. because trying to go from point A to point B yeah. that was literally fifty feet away from each other. Well, and and to me this this starting out with this statement here makes it already feel as though this is going to be just like questing in any other Elder Scrolls game. Just like at the beginning of the article I posted, I I gave an example of what usual questing or picking up a quest is like. In an Elder Scrolls game, you may be listening to two people walking down the street. You overhear the conversation. All of a sudden, your quest is updated, and your map mar- you've got a map marker tape telling you where to go. You don't actually go to somebody and seek out the quest. The quest seeks you. Um, sure. And I think that's the, the gist of what they're trying to do. And if they can do it successfully, it'll completely revolutionize how questing is done in, in the MMO, just like it revolutionized how questing was done in the normal RPG game. Fair enough. We're going to continue. Set up our quest, and the way we set up our model is, you know, when you look at it, uh, as a player, as you log in and say, okay, I've got 30 minutes. You know, the POIs that Rich was referring to um, actually allow you to do something that, you, you know, that is tangible for you, and you get a great reward for it in 30 minutes, you know, to 45 minutes or so. Um, from there, you know, that extends out to maybe you want to do several of these, um, and we break this off into a region or, uh, you know, a subsection of a larger zone. Those are kind of internal names for this. But what it really means is that, say, within five hours, I have this region where I can accomplish... I'm going to stop right there because I had to laugh about something. Those are <laughs> internal names for that. No, sir, zone is the common name for every damn game that's been invented in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he could be alluding it. They're going to name it something special. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I'd like to call attention to is the attention to detail regarding they recognized a need to have content easily digestible within an hour and content digestible on an epic scale of close to five hours. One thing that I think I've always personally felt but have never really voiced was this this uh, this feeling of, gee, you know, I only have 45 minutes like. I've got to leave to do something in 45 minutes. I really want to jump in game, but what do we all do? Check the auction house, check our mail, go, you know, crafting for a little bit, uh, you know, uh, gather up items. Never really do anything that's worthy of, of our time. They're obviously, they just said they're directing some of their content to be done within 30 minutes and get, you know, a great reward out of it. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's the same. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lou, Dave, you guys have anything to add to that? Dave? Oh, that's exactly what was said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's a great move forward uh, for the MMO mm-hmm. because, you know, as we all 
no, you know, real life comes first. We all have things to take care of. And yeah, and we do like to take time and enjoy the games. And let's face it, you know, some of the MMOs that are out now, you know, you'll have these quests, quest chains that will literally take you hours and days to do. And quite honestly, a lot of us don't have that time anymore. So it's nice that they're actually taking that to account and say, look, we want to make this game enjoyable if you have the time or if you only have a little time and just make it accessible to everyone. Again, I got to throw this out there. How, how anti World of Warcraft, and Bradford, I want to throw this out to you. How anti World of Warcraft is that? I don't know. I didn't play World of Warcraft. That's you. awesome. Joe, I want to throw this out to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 100% the opposite direction. Exactly. And, and we're not being, we're not being like, you know, anti WoW elitists on this. It's just the reason why I'm, I'm calling attention to this is because a lot of, when when they made the initial ESO announcement before E3 in June, like late May, the, we, we call the it biggest the thing... Go ahead, big go ahead. oops. It's the Zinimax big oops is what we call it. Yeah. The, the big thing that everyone grabbed up and just got really nervous about was in the release statement, it said there will be things like world of war and I'm paraphrasing but they they basically said there's going to be there's going to be aspects of this that's like world of warcraft everyone cl- just grabbed onto that yeah and you know it's just it's not true and we've been trying to fix that that statement ever since it's like giving you the facts of the game all right guys i i stopped it to make fun of the the producer there or the lead guy lead designer whatever he is and um it turned into a 10 minute discussion Cool. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> Something even larger, and then you know, we internally we kind of call those graduation moments, where it's this big kind of uh, act one is finished of the story, and then you know you go on to you know in, in say fifteen hours you can complete all three acts of this larger story. And so what we do is we you know if you think about them almost like chapters in books, you finish a chapter here, you finish a chapter there. Okay, now I'm through this part of the book, and then I get through the series. And so it's this big long unfolding story that the player may be just almost completely unaware of, you know, at the first when they're just getting introduced to the story, but later on they start to see how all of these things tie together. Uh, I think that's been one of the challenges, you know, for us, is making sure that the player can go anywhere, you know, we don't have a set path for them, but they can go to these little spots and say, oh, I'm learning a little bit more about the story. Oh, I got a little bit more detail about the story. Oh, finally, I start to understand the big picture of the story. And, oh, wow, this was this large story that I was participating in where at first it was introduced really slowly to me. None like a book. You don't have to worry about losing your bookmark because the game saves that for you. Absolutely. That's incredible. You were talking about uh, Quest Hubs being a little more organic, no spoken wheel, spoken, what you call it? Spoken hub and spoke. Hub and spoke sure, is yeah. the word. But you still might run into like a quest giver, say like a town who would point you over in that direction? Absolutely. So one of the things we do is we have um, what we call multiple, multiple bestowers. Um, and you know any particular quest can have a multiple uh, NPCs that can bestow the same quests. We don't expect the player to come in to an area, to a town, to, a, to an objective, to a POI. Um, I'm going to stop that right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing you just said kind of caught my interest in the fact that there's no specific NPC to give, does that designate to give a specific quest. Right. That it could be multiple that can essentially start this chain, and I believe he's not, he's not, he's not referring to the main... In quotes, your main story of the game. These are, they're all referring to side quests mm-hmm. in the game. I want to just point that out really quick. And when you're developing side quests that can be fleshed out into whole stories like that, that's what Skyrim and Dawnguard, not Dawnguard, but uh, all the other Elder Scrolls games, 
Yeah. As I'm, is I'm, questing in Skyrim. Yeah. I'm going to answer a question from Deep River in the chat room. Uh, we actually just heard the answer to his question, but I want to make sure everyone who out there who's not in the chat room will be able to understand it. Uh, he asked basically, so are they saying that if you have a half hour, will you, you will be guided to a smaller quest, or will they be able to add fluent starting points to larger quests and stopping points as well? Uh, basically, that half hour quest chain is just the beginning of something larger. And what they're trying to get you to do is every single time you sit down and play, you're unlocking different parts of that particular quest chain. So you may only have 30 minutes. You still feel as though you accomplished something in that quest, and it's opening up much larger, much broader content to you. So exactly. all of those, all of those small half-hour quests will be something will be a part of a much larger story that you're going to eventually unlock, whether you play for half hour, one hour, five hours, fifteen hours straight, whatever. Um, doesn't matter how long you play, you're still going to get that same content in the end. I'm gonna be one of those poor saps that's gonna play like fifteen hours the first day it comes out. <laughs> I, know the day, like, I think we all will day. be I think we're going to have an epic epic show the day that game launches <laughs> Red Bull, coffee we'll all be hyped up on Red Bull and coffee and <laughs> no doze launch day on this thing man we may just we may just do depending on the kind of technology that we have at the at our at QGN at that point we may do a four way live stream or something I don't know, I don't know. we'll all be like possible. cough cough I can't come into work today <laughs> I'm sick this is going to be my job by this time next year. <laughs> so I'll be at work going, yeah, time to work. There you go. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, like you said, it's all going to be done by chapter base, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, moving mm-hmm. on. From any one particular direction. And so with the multiple bestowers, we can have multiple NPCs um, and, and ensure that we have good coverage to that, to that particular area. And one of the other ways that we vary ourselves from that hub-and-spoke model, uh, so to speak, is we actually have a compass that we've combined with, uh, you know, what is a radar or a mini-map that sits on the uh, screen, where as the player's walking around the world, we say, oh, there's something interesting you might want to do over here. So, for instance, if you're you have a plan, I'm going to go kill, you know, uh, Angoff, the uh, Gravesinger, in one zone, and you say, okay, that's what I'm going to go do tonight. And then all of a sudden you see, oh, there's another thing over here that I can go do. There's a, a moon to stone in the world, or there's another uh, you know, side quest over here. We point out that opportunity on the compass, so you get that real Elder Scrolls feel of, hey, there's an opportunity over here. You know, Do you really want to go kill Angoff? Do you want to continue along that path? Or do you want to branch off and explore something that was totally unknown that you were going to go do that night? And it's, you know, it, it really hammers oh, home that no. Elder Scrolls feel of, we, I'm exploring the world, and all of a sudden there's... What's up, Dave? Remember the first thing we we kind of touched on was that we were hoping that they were going to do that, you know, Skyrim kind of feel for a, uh, a compass. Well, that's exactly what they're doing, and they're making it so that Lou's never going to be able to complete the game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I just have to say, I will never finish. Oh anything. my god, there's a ping on the mini map. What is it? What is it? Based gameplay. Halfway down the street, there's going to be a new quest. You're going to go. Oh, a piece of candy. Ooh, oh, a piece of candy. Ooh, oh, he's scared. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be in a big group. Like we're gonna complete this quest and this quest, and he's like, "I'm already over here." Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, look at this quest! I'll be posting a plate on the on the forums, going, oh, "I need the quest oh. log limit expanded, man." <laughs> I hit your limit. Lou's like, "I have 115 quests. Come on, guys, throw me a bone here." Come on. <laughs> I just want to throw out. <clears throat> they did say. They are moving away from the quest hub game mechanic. 
they are moving away from that. That so if you're getting that feeling, like it was actually stated, they are moving away from the Quest Hub thing. So that is in MMOs. I mean, that's the kind of thing you, you just you don't see that. It's it's completely revolutionary. Yeah, it's the Quest Hub is one of my most aggravating things. Like it's, I've restarted playing Rift again, and it used to be the same way where it's nothing but you go to this point, you get all the quests there. You go back in, you turn them in. You get more quests, you turn them in. They take you, to the, they send you to the next quest hub. You go there, do that. This is an active world questing system. This is what they needed to do, what we said that we they needed to do, and what they are doing. Yay! Yay. Good job, Yay. Max. All right, any other comments before we move on? So no, I'm just stoked. No, it's okay. <laughs> totally stoked about the. Uh, about the the lack of the quest hub. I mean, you don't even read the quest. You go there. You know what? You know where you're at. You just grab the quest and you go. And you just you know you kill ten orcs and then you come back with their teeth. And at this yeah. point, like we need something. We need. We got to move on. What I'm what I'm getting at this is from an earlier um, report that I heard. It's kind of like you're walking down the street. You see some old guy limping because some dog bit him in the leg, and he wants you to go find this dog and murder it or whatever. You go find the dog. It turns out to be a massive werewolf. Who in turn, back a hundred years in the past, was this great emperor? You go back and you have to go try to save him, or you decide you want to save him, let him become a were or let him become a werewolf, and it affects the future events of the quest. All that rambling I just did was kind of like a, a simple dog, an old man getting bit by a dog turns into this epic story chain, and all he was was limping on the side of the road and asked for your help. Did you just come up with come up with that now? Yeah, pretty good. Awesome. Thank you. I expect to see that in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what, what I gather from this is I won't get bored with the game. Um, I've, I've played Lord of the Rings Online since it launched, and I can tell you I haven't logged on in about two months because I'm tired of all the fetch quests. I'm tired of all the go kill ten of these to go get you know a bunch of hides that you're just going to well, give know. to somebody that you don't even know what they're going to use them for. So all that hard work was for nothing. I'm, I'm tired of it. But with this, that's one of the reasons why I've always loved these type of games because... It's distraction-based gameplay. You may go in with a goal you want to set for that night and end up spending nine and a half hours doing something completely different. Yeah, uh, There's going to be fetching quests in this game. They already said there will be, but I think right. with the active system like they're, they're portraying, that's going to actually make sense. Instead of someone saying, I need 12 wolf pelts well, so I can make myself a new bra. Like, they explain why? that a little bit later, so <laughs> All right, cool. just keep your ears peaked for that. Yeah, here we go. Something I didn't expect to have happen. And it, you know, I see it, and I can go to it. So, and just to kind of interrupt there and, and, and touch on that as well, one of the things that we try really hard to do is reward the exploration um, of the world. And so, we'll have yes, please, and thank you. Little events, little quests—we call them vignettes—little um, things kind of scattered about around the world. That if you're wandering around just exploring off the beaten path, you will find these things, and you will get rewarded. It might be a quest. It might be just a little. That's okay. You heard me in the top of the show talking about all those troll caves and whatnot. Yes. You know, little cave you go into or a little dungeon you go into. There's no, there's no real like purpose for this thing to be there. There's no quest that takes you there. There's no, uh, you know, overall, uh, story scheme that'll, that'll take you all the way through. That's what they mean by the vignette. You're literally walking around. You're on your compass. You see a little cave. You go in there. You find a couple of trolls. You kill them. There's a chest in the back. 
and you walk out the exact same way you walked in, and you're on your way. Turns out that that troll ate someone's baby. You have to go tell them the bad news. They get all upset. You want to hunt down the troll's parents. You, uh, sorry. <laughs> That's it. I, I just wanted to clarify <clears throat> that. Um, this kind of stuff gets me so, so excited. I can just picture the four of us in a group together. We log in one day like, okay, what are we going to do? Oh, I don't know. Let's Let's walk this direction. So we go walk that direction, and it turns into this like three hours of adventure. We don't want to put the game down. There's all this cool stuff happening. This this little tiny dog bite turned into this epic, you know, emperor slash werewolf dude. Yeah, yeah. But you know what though? The how Elder Scrolls is that? That's a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> and that's what everybody wants from this MMO. We want. That Elder Scrolls atmosphere, that Skyrim atmosphere, rolled into a much larger package that we can all play together on. And this, from everything we've been hearing, this is what it is. All right, I'm going to continue the video so I can get more giddy. Little two-room cave that you get down on the bottom, and there's a cool treasure chest down there. might be a boss down there. Um, So we've really tried to go that extra mile to kind of reward the exploration. Can you, uh, you talked about that mini-map. Can you turn that off if you decide you don't want compasses pointing to things like would that like encourage more exploration sure you can uh right now our ui is uh you know we've been concentrating on making sure that you can turn off elements of the ui like that um and if you wanted to just shut that off you're more than welcome to do so and just go explore as you want what do you guys do in terms of like making quests stay interesting you know instead of falling into that rut where you go out and collect five like vampire wigs or like 20 Nern Root or whatever it is, like how do you like keep quests interesting throughout the game? We're always looking for that little little nugget of, of of fun in the quest. So one of the things we do, you know, at the very early stage, at a design stage, is you know what is that um, extra little bit of gameplay that the quest has? Um, it can be anything from you know the dreaded kill ten rats quest. We generally try to hide those with you know you're not supposed to kill the 10 rats. You're supposed to go from point A to point B, and while you're going along that point, you end up running into the 10 rats kind of thing. Or we'll play with disguises and allow the player to loot disguises off monsters and then use those disguises to step through the quest a little bit easier. And Just lots of little things like that. We like to play with... Does he mean like skinning a werewolf and wearing its hide and running around howling? <laughs> Maybe. I think he means like if you find a dead female Nord, you can take her white dress... And and pretend you're her. <laughs> <laughs> After you sit on the river in her burial. <laughs> I want to point out real quick. All right, he did mention that you can turn off the mini map. Now, yes. Lou, you, your ears should be. I mean, all I I expected like Lou to scream out, right, "Stop the video! Stop the video!" <laughs> this to me sounds like you're gonna have a customizable UI. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I don't know if turning off the, the mini-map means you know your entire UI is going to be customizable. Maybe they're working on that. Maybe they're not. But they're saying the right things to make me think that they're going to have a customizable UI. And the way he kind of just... He's just said it so nonchalantly. Like, yeah, you want to turn off the mini-map? Yeah, you can, you can do that. That's not a problem. Yeah, there's there's elements of the UI that you can just go ahead and you know turn off. That would be so much fun, just turning off like that that system where it pings the quest or points of interest, yeah. and just going in a group and just going nuts. That's adventuring in a game. That's the type of MMO I've been waiting for. 
I'm like nerdgasming over here. Well, and, and remember, he said that the quest system is designed to reward that kind of exploration, so it's encouraged. I'm going to be that. really rich. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Any other comments, guys? We're going to... Um, speechcraft options as well. So, you know, speechcraft gives the player the, the ability to kind of short-circuit quests, um, allows them to kind of step through things a little different way or, or role-play through the quest a different way. Can you explain how quests um, might affect the world around you in different ways and leave a lasting impact? So anytime that we present a quest to you um, that has a choice, for instance, one of the things that we concentrate on with that choice is how is that choice going to be meaningful to you? How is that going to be something that you actually see the tangible results in the world of? So you know, one of the examples that comes to mind is we have a quest, uh, for instance, where you're in a wooded area and you find out a little bit about this guardian of the area who has existed there for you know just some amount of time and and you know and so what happens as the player the player gets to make a choice in that quest and one of the interesting things about the end of it without spoiling the entire quest for you is that I'm going to play it based off <laughs> based off your uh your choice there there's there's a statue that gets erected you actually get to see what choice you made expressed through that statue. And, you know, that's like, that's a small thing we do, but it really hits home for, wow, I wonder what it would have happened if I would have made the other decision uh, not to do this. And, you know, we look for all sorts of ways to express that. It's not. This is just okay, a little. No, yeah. Yeah. I was reading your mind again. That's scary. <laughs> Dynamic questing. You do one quest, you make one choice, and it has changed. If you go the other way and make a different choice, we've seen dynamic. We've seen we've seen quests in MMOs where there's one or two different choices. We haven't seen an MMO where dynamic questing changes not just that quest, but the world around you and how it reacts to you. Well, Did you hear what he said at the is- beginning of that? My big question on this, though, is that little statue that gets erected, for instance, does everyone see it? Is it temporary? Is it permanent? Or is it only you that sees it? I would guess it's only you that sees it. Because, let's face it, it's going to be you and millions of other people doing that exact same quest. So I don't think they're going to have, you know, a couple hundred thousand statues just in the same area. Yeah. (laughs) Or it could be a temporary thing. Could be. Could be. Dave, are you snoring? No. I'm trying not to cough. <laughs> Mute for that, buddy. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's an important part that I'd like to see them bring and see how it actually comes to fruition because that is, I mean, for me, that's a big part of the MMOs, uh, especially with games where they tout, you know, your decisions, you know, make an impact or will make a difference. And I think that's what, something we would like to see. Like, you know what? Yeah, I did save. Like the, the gentleman said, I did save the guardian, and now there's a statue of him here because the townspeople said, "Hey, that's pretty cool. Let's commemorate this event." You know, I mean, now there are you know people complain about other games that are out there where the life of the worlds they're in are so dead. You know, like the NPCs never move. Nothing ever happens. Nothing we do in the game makes a difference. You know, those five NPCs in the corner are always going to be there. <laughs> In yeah, the same clothes, doing the same thing day in day out, no matter what I do. I, but how's that? You know, it, it comes back to like I want to see how that's going to work, especially since like games like Swotor came out, 
and they they have like if you have a, t- a group of people, you roll on who makes the decision. I wonder if it's going to r- work kind of like that. Hmm. That's well, uh, right now what they're focusing on is is solo content. So I'm sure there's going to be something involving how this how decisions in quest with groups works. Probably um, by the person who starts the quest initially. Maybe. Could be. Maybe. Kind of like the, the quest leader, for instance. Say that we're all four grouped up, or five of us, for instance. We're going down the road, just having a merry time, killing anything that comes across our path. We see, again, that guy limping across the road. We talk to him, what's up? The person who initiated it is the one that is becomes the quest leader. Everyone else is with him, gets the quest as well, but he's the one that gets to make the ultimate decision. It it might be like that. I mean, they they haven't they're not releasing that information in this video or or yet. I mean, I guess we'll we'll have to we'll we'll find out eventually. But I mean, you know that that's that certainly is a way of doing it. I suppose, yeah. All right. Any other comments, gentlemen? Uh, only thing nope. I was I was going to add was um, every other video we've seen before this is stressing how they're trying to make it so where you feel as though you're the hero and your actions are affecting the world around you, just like with every other Elder Scrolls game. So this is a step towards that direction of trying to make it so that everything that you do, you feel that sense of accomplishment that you affected the world around you. And maybe you make one choice, you want to know how that, how that other choice would affect the world, so it also adds some repeatability to these quests instead of the same grind over and over again. There's always a different choice you can make. Yeah, Very true. yeah 100% right. Continuing, not just a statue. It can be, um, you know, one of the quests uh, we talked about was um, going back in time and changing events that uh, happened in the past, and those events get expressed in the future. For instance, an NPC you were just talking to that was a male is now a female, and sometimes they're little things, and sometimes they're bigger things. Like whole towns will react to you differently based off the choice that you've made in the game. So you know, multiple avenues for expressing what your choice was. They needed to do that in Skyrim. Yeah, I agree. Well, I sure as hell didn't make friends when I became a vampire and started killing people in the city. (laughs) (laughs) This, to me, sounds like a very instance-based MMO. Yeah, it really does sound like that. So I'm really curious about how the group dynamic is going to be, and hopefully we'll hear about that coming up in the next few months or so. But I'm going to continue the video. Is, uh, show up in the game. Does some of that stuff further down the road affect um, maybe like open up new content or affect how you have to approach certain content? Do they have like lasting consequences like really far down the road or is it kind of just immediate here's a new statue in this world or that tree is gone? You have to be careful. You have to be judicious with um, how you... With time, yeah. It's <laughs> well, a dangerous beast. You know, specifically, if you're going to uh, have lasting impact and lasting consequences that show up that might open up new content, then you're actually taking content away from players based off their choice, and sometimes that doesn't go quite well. So, uh, you know, we think it's more important to express it in ways that you feel it without necessarily cutting off avenues of content for the player. Absolutely. There's nothing worse than, you know, making a decision early on in, in, in your leveling career, and then when you get to the end, you're like, well, crap, I can't, you know... I can't do this quest now or I can't do this whole section of content because I made this decision that I didn't know was going to happen. Are you guys including larger quest strings or guilds, like some of those like side quests that are 
very popular in the Elder Scrolls universe. How are you guys approaching that? Uh, absolutely, we are. So we have uh, currently we have Mages Guild and Fighters Guild in, and uh, they're kind of what we're calling alternate gameplay. So there's there's um, a specific mechanic around each each one. So Mages Guild, you're collecting books in the world, earning reputation, and then as you unlock uh, more ranks in the guild, you get um, various rewards. So you know new unique quest lines. Um, item rewards, uh, perks, um, those types of things. And then Fighter's Guild is basically smashing Daedra and closing, um, uh, breaking up uh, Daedra Cankers. And okay, the same so thing there, applies to that as well as, as you rank up in the guild. Ah, pause uh, button. There you go. Okay. This I see coming off as um, very uh, very very important system for an MMO, and that is once we get through, or as we are getting through the the solo leveling content, we also want to have side quests, things where we're where we are um, we're farming um, notoriety or or faction, and I see this as part of that. I yeah. think that's where they're going with this whole companion thing. Also, I just want to point out again, very Skyrim like. The, the Fighters Guild, that's a that's completely oblivion right there, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Now I, I gotta ask the lore master on this, but isn't the, the setting for the Elder Scrolls online, that's that's when the Mages Guild's first starting, isn't it? Uh ran out of time for yeah, because if I remember correctly, it's this is going to be a thousand years. Before uh, the events of Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's quite a while back, yeah. Oh, that's going to be BA if you're part of the making of the, the Mages Guild or like one of the first classes in it. Oh. I yeah. would love to see a world event where we're, if you're in the Mages Quest, where you're, you're building the Mages Tower for one of those the big Mages patches. College. Mage College for one of those big, you know, like a. For instance, like a, a big patch for an expansion, and you go in this long two, three month process of gathering materials to help build it, and you're oh, watching it yeah. built, oh, yes. being built in stages. Yeah. Trial Age. of the Crusader all over again, yes. Yep, I mean, <laughs> EverQuest 2 had something like that when it first came out, where the flying mount stations for the players, the players actually had to get the materials for the crafters and give them to NPCs. For them to actually build the flight paths, so if you were on a server that's pretty slow, you were pretty much out of luck. Yeah, um, this this I see as additional content that's coming in, content that um, is going to give us that that feeling of of you know grinding out the notoriety in order to unlock certain things. Um, I see this as as just life being put into the game. Um, to spend more game time in. And uh, I don't think you can go wrong with that sort of thing. This is just more content for for all of us to really involve ourselves with. All right, moving on. Uh, you unlock specific quest lines and, and, and item rewards and whatnot. Yeah, it's cool. I know a lot of people like to solo MMOs um, as much as they can. It sounds like you guys are, are, are willing to let people do that. Are you guys doing anything to encourage players to work together or quest together? Absolutely. Uh, so to encourage players to work together on the quest, I think one of the the big mechanics we have is, uh, you know, the fact that 
it's not only can you go in and get credit along with you, you know, with the other members of your group, but we actually have combat mechanics that help them. Um, you know, it, it's 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 just more fun when an ability that I use that you can capitalize on uh, gets used over the course of the quest. So it's it's you know we have the things like shared objectives uh, that you complete during the quest. So uh, for instance, if everybody is supposed to kill one NPC in the world then my group gets credit for killing that NPC, right? So that's a shared thing. But it's actually just more fun to go do that together based off the other mechanisms we have. You're not ending up fighting over loot the way you normally would. You know, even in the quest right now, um, we reward you based off, um, you know, the, your, the class you are um, versus giving you uh, uh, choices that, you know, may make you think, okay, well, I should get this versus the other person should get this. And, and, and yeah, to touch on a little bit more what, what Paul just said, um, one of the things, one of the core um, systems to our, our, our quest system is the way we share things. So you cannot be grouped, and you guys can both be on a quest killing bears out in the forest. Just random, you know, ra- random quest. Why do those bears need to be killed? <laughs> For They're, for whatever whatever means, sure. Like we okay, we can explain sure. that you know any way we want. But the basic premise is, um, you know, person A is out in the world. Person B comes up out there with him. They're not grouped. They can still work together and get shared credit for killing these monsters. Working together, so we, we take uh, that semi-hostile. Um, what they're talking about right here is something that was a very very novel idea. I know it's an idea from another MMO. If you've ever played it, it's uh. What DC Universe Online was the, mm-hmm. the the mainstay for this one was you didn't have to ever be grouped to be grouped with everyone at the same time. If you're in a, in an area and you're both on the same quest and you kill something, you both get credit for it as long as you put effort into that kill, which is is an excellent idea, especially in an MMO. And I'm glad that they brought this over into the Elder Scrolls Online. That's that's a great idea. Yeah, it gets rid of needless grind. If there's tons of people in the area, doesn't it make sense? Like, if all of us had this this idea of we're going to go out hunting, we're going to get we're going to get three. Our goal is to get three deer. Okay, we're going to go out there, we're going to hunt, we're going to get three deer. Joe shoots two, Dave shoots one, I get nothing. And Lou bags a squirrel or something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so I missed and I hit the damn squirrel. <laughs> yeah, we got and, a shot to hit a squirrel. <laughs> and, and the stable boy behind him. Um, we, we made our goal. Our goal is three deer. I didn't get anything. Lou didn't get anything. Joe got two. Dave got one. But we made our goal. And that's, I think, that this sort of, of, of uh, questing and grouping. Well, go ahead. That that's kind of the exact opposite of what he's saying. Is it? Do I? Huh? Yeah, that is like the exact opposite of what he's saying. What he's saying is, what we're saying is, yeah, if you're in a group, you'll be able to do that. I get what you're going with, but he's saying you don't have to be in a group. If you're yes, standing I'm... next to someone who's not in your group and you hit the enemy that this this other dude's killing, as long as you've put effort into working in that area to kill those enemies. You get the, the 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 points for those enemies killed. Okay, so I gave the wrong example. All, all <laughs> of us go to a forest with guns. <laughs> we don't know each other. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see uh, exactly what you're talking about, Dave. And yeah, that was that was the exact opposite. But what I had meant was, you know, if 
we all get the the credit for for getting for getting all that stuff and and uh it, it makes a lot of sense in my head even though the way i'm talking it, it probably doesn't but <laughs> all right go ahead jay i'm sorry <laughs> nothing i was just chuckling okay yeah i i think it's coming to the concept of as long as everyone in the quest zone is on the same quest you know everyone's going to share the credit and like this as long as everyone's putting forth the effort to killing stuff in that area uh it doesn't matter if i miss one you know if you back two and joe gets the other one then yeah we you know we all get credit everyone's happy no one has to fight over spawns yeah you don't, and, don't sit on your butt waiting for respawns either right and you know for some people you know they they hate the concept of what they say, you know, forced grouping. Like, why should I be grouped up to do this content? Well, that's one aspect of the game. If you don't like it, you don't have to. You can mm-hmm. solo all you want because everyone's working toward the same goal in every area you're venturing into. It also alleviates the crime as well. Right. I, I think one. I think I think one element of this to really stress is that we keep saying that everyone who's in the area gets credit, but you do have to put forth part of the effort. So you won't have those people who are just trying to mooch off of your work. They have to actually actively work with you to achieve the same goal. Um, when I first heard about, about this, I didn't hear that part when I first watched the video. Um, and so I was starting to think that, okay, we're going to have a bunch of people just kind of hanging around other people, not doing anything and then reaping the rewards. Um, now that I, I understand that you have to actually put forth effort, it makes it so much better because you don't have those people who are just trying to power level off somebody else's work. Exactly. All right. Moving on, gentlemen. An encounter that you get in, 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 in other games, and in our game, you're, they're already kind of working together, and it's a more friendly interaction. So sure. that kind of introduces more of a social dynamic to the players. Friendly bear killing. Absolutely. <laughs> Can you guys give us an example of like a maybe a major point of interest quest that you might do? Sure. So... Um, if, we, if you know, you're looking at a point of interest quest like uh, Camelorn, uh, where there is, at the end, you know that there is an undead werewolf who's, t- who's helped take over Camelorn. So all of the werewolves in Camelorn are, are basically the product of this one undead werewolf. So when you start out this objective, you know, okay, I've got to go kill uh, this werewolf named Falchu. Cut off the head. Uh, exactly. You you want to get in there because you think that will end the curse and that will actually free this town and this whole city that has been ransacked by them. Um, so as a player, as you go in, you find out that while you still have this objective, and that's why we tend to call them objectives because it's a very simple thing that you know that you have to go do, there's all sorts of things you have to do along the way. You, you end up freeing people who... Uh, were held there because they're uh, prisoners of war, so to speak, for you know nefarious purposes, whatever uh, werewolves would hold people like that for. Um, well, really? Lunch? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure. Uh, historical fact. Werewolves, <laughs> werewolves take prisoners. prisoners okay. That's right. Um, you know, we have things like um, simple uh, recover our belongings. You know, there were uh, refugees that said, hey, we need you to go back and get these family heirlooms, you know. Um, those type of things actually occur while you're going through this. So there's all sorts of, uh, you know, distraction and other things to do along the way. Um, and of course you're killing werewolves and eventually you're going to get to kill Falchu. So, and at the end of this, when you do kill Falchu, you come back and the entire town has, you know, people burning werewolf bodies and, you know, you've got these, uh, the whole town has been changed based off your actions. And you come out and you see 
hey, I really was the hero here. And then when you go back to other areas in the game, people say, oh, you know, I recognize you. I've heard about you. You're, uh, you killed Falchu. And, <gasps> you know, yes, Pause we it. understand that lots of people kill Falchu, but... I'll stop right there real quick. Oh, yeah, my I got God. Oh, my God. Do you realize <laughs> what that means? What, What's Dave? That? that means people will know you killed Falchu? Remember ever playing Fable? People <laughs> know you as the chicken chaser. Yes. <laughs> That's so epic. They need to have titles that people actually say out loud. That is so cool. Do it. Do it. Yes. Do it. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, chicken chaser. Dave has an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it disturbing that his nerdgasm involved chickens and chasing them? If it was about choking chickens, then yes. But no, chasing chickens. Just reminds me of a South Park episode. Anyways. <laughs> this was something that we've we've touched on on all of our different podcasts throughout the entire network. And that's the idea of, I am the hero of this story. How come nobody knows it? And and we've said exactly. that several times on, on, on this particular show. Well, you know, I think I, that's one thing they got away from in Skyrim. Because in um, Oblivion, when you close the Kavach Gate... Everyone starts calling you the hero of Kavach whenever you, you know, destroy. Yeah. It, well, you actually don't actually kill the guy at the end of the game, but when you defeat Mayrudus Dagon, everyone knows you as the hero of Cyrodiil or champion of Cyrodiil. They kind of do that in Skyrim, and they kind of don't. Uh, when you complete various quests in the faction quest chains, they make comments about it, but they never comment about completing the main quest chain. Um, and that that kind of. I think, in my opinion, that that brought some of the epicness down about how that ended. Uh, whereas in this, just a minor subquest, people are going to know what you did, and they'll they'll praise you for it. Even if they're going to praise the next person who walks in who did the same thing, it's still that sense of accomplishment that you got. One of the right, biggest yeah. questions that we get, hands down, weekly about this game is, how am I going to be the hero? Oh, yeah. Um, I think this is proof positive right here. Oh, man, this is already right there. I'm going to love this game ten times more than WoW. WoW, you start your character. You're the savior of your people. Then you get into the horde, and they're all like, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, a peon. Go, go cut off zebra hooves. Bring those back, because you're a minion. No, you know, this one is actually going to be praised. I like that. That's cool. All right, we're going to continue the video. To you as a player, that feels great because you did actually do that. And so it reinforces, I did something great, I changed the world. Can you guys explain sort of maybe a sneak peek um, trailer, if you will, of the main storyline? Like when players jump into this world, uh, why are they there? What are they doing? Right from kind of moment one in the game, you know, from the tutorial on, we're introducing the player to the main story. We're introducing them to who they are as a player, kind of who they are, what they're about, and, and, and why they're special. And so without spoiling it too much, the basic premise is um, Manamarco and Molag Ball are working together um, to basically merge Cold Harbor, which is Molag Ball's Daedric Plane of Oblivion, with Tamriel. Molag Ball wants to basically destroy all of Tamriel by doing that devious bastard. This, this plane merge. And Manamarco, what he gets out of it is he gets to be the ruler of what's left. So they've worked together. Uh, they've stolen the player's soul, and ultimately the player wants their soul back. Wait, can we hang on one second? Uh, and as the yo, the Dave. bad guy is a guy 
named Madam Marco. Ma- Manny Marco. Manny, Manny Marco. Marco. Manny. Manny. <laughs> All right. I already hate the you guy. You made him an Let's oblivion. Just, sure. just, okay. Well, already hate him. Already hate him. You can continue now. It's kind of like Handsome Jack in, in Borderlands 2. Yeah, hate just that dude hate too. So. Yeah, here we go players leveling uh, through their career, they're working together with other NPCs that are recurring that kind of help them along the path and, and, and point them to um, new moments, new, new um, chapters unlock. And, and uh, that together, those all tell the story of, of, of the main story and, and, and the player's um, progression through the world. So players spend the whole game playing through without a soul? Uh, they do. How does that, does that have any kind of effects on... Uh, your body, or even just like it your, does. Your so it, it it ties in very nicely to our death system. Um, it, you know that it's kind of a nod to why does you know when I die, why don't I always just die? Like how, how that works in Elder Scrolls. You need a soul to die. Um, basically. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I can't think of a funny joke, but <laughs> <laughs> we can insert that later, right? What? <laughs> Soulless. I think just to add on to that, you know, we we touched a little bit on the you know thirty minutes, you know, five hours and fifteen hours. But the the great thing about the main quest that it really does, and, and I think all of these quest lines is, it's pretty unusual to play a massively multiplayer game that has quest lines like this, you know. And and that's that's one of the challenges that you know we've worked on is getting these quest lines uh, available to the player. So it's not just something that I play and it's, uh, okay, well, it's a 30-minute quest, it's a 40-minute quest. It's, it's actually a line that goes through that feels very Elder Scrolls, the Fighter's Guild, uh, Mage's Guild, the main quest here. All of these things are, are you, you know, it is doled out to the player over time, but it's something that they're looking forward to. Okay, what's the next part of that uh, that we're going to hit? And I, I think that ties in really well to what the player wants to do. Our philosophy for a lot of those things is these are big rewards for the player, right? Like these are these are... Um, really cool kind of epic moments that, you know, it's not just a, oh, hey, by the way, it's a, holy crap, that was cool, I want to do more. Well, thanks, guys, for, for coming on this quest with me to just learn more about questing. We've all leveled up in interviews. Awesome. So Excellent. thanks a lot for your time. Absolutely. All right. Do I have to talk to you to get a reward? We have to go kill a bear now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we have to go do. All right. Awesome. All right. Uh, that was the end of the video. And, yeah, that interviewer needs to be dragged out in taste. Yeah. Um, God, he really does. He was bad. Just, Horrible. Uh, I, I first, when, when Ivarwin first sent me this video, the first thing I sent back to him was this video was really boring. And it was because of him. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't stand it. The information, you asked however, if I was, was boring. I almost felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> the information in there is great, but that one dude just like, it's like, grr. Wait until we get our hands on some of the devs. Oh, yeah, they're in for it. They're going to be giggling a whole lot more than they were in that video. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> that's for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> They'll be laughing because of all the nerdgasming going on. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, they let these guys in the building? What? <laughs> what about... Um, all right, so we, we just we just went through this this 16-minute video. Um, we, we, we got our comments... As as they were coming through, um, as the information was coming through, we we commented. Why don't we Why don't we just kind of like go around the table here and just kind of get um, maybe starting with Joe, um, just kind of like you know round up what, how we feel, how this how this video felt, the information, how did the information make us feel, you know what do we think, what's some of the highlights here for us, and and kind of just you know go from there. This was a nerdgasm video for Elder Scrolls fans everywhere. 
because it entered it 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 gave it a definite answer on the hero that you are and how it's going to play out and even more so on how the questing system in a single player environment is going to really be effective and how it really plays to the Elder Scrolls world which is again all three things that people were really worried about there is some answers however it did leave me with a lot more questions that I know I'm not going to get any answers anytime soon for and I can't <laughs> wait to find out those answers in due time um Bradford, what about you? What, what do you? What, what's your? Uh, what's your two cents on this? Um, well, you guys always hear me talk about being cautiously optimistic about this game. How I, I'm going into it, knowing that it could have some pitfalls, but also being optimistic that they'll overcome them. I'm no longer cautiously optimistic. I'm just optimistic. I I think they answered a lot of questions, like Joe said, and while they did give us more questions. That's just going to be part of the thing that we're going to have to deal with until the game finally releases and we have all the answers as we play through them. Um, I do like how they are setting up the questing system to be both rewarding and not time-consuming as well. Not time-consuming in the fact that you have to... Okay, I have a two-hour block. I have to only use those two hours. Let's say you're like me who works mad crazy hours and when you come home and you take care of your wife and and your daughter... After that, you want to sit down and play for 30 minutes. Well, you can accomplish a lot in that 30 minutes that you get and do in other, other MMO games where you had to feel as though you were going to sit there and play for three or four hours at a time. Um, that's really what I get from it. It's, it's a game being designed with everybody in mind, not just the hardcore gamer, but the casual gamer. And their questing gamer, the, excuse me, their questing system um, is really reflecting that. Uh, Lou, what about you? I see that this is a very... Again, great, great information being presented here. Interviewer needs, you know, a cup of life <laughs> to be injected <laughs> into him. <laughs> you know, feel alive, man. An eight-ounce <laughs> glass of just life. <laughs> yeah, you know, here's a here's a two-liter bottle of Jolt Cola. You need to wake up. Um, <laughs> Surge. That's what but, he uh, trolls the interviewer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like what they gave us here. I mean, they, as Joe has said before, you know, they they did give some information uh, to assuage some of the fears that a lot of players who uh, who love the Elder Scrolls love that style of gameplay and feel that the MMO environment you can't have those elements. They can Ooh. and they will. And you know what? And they're going and the way they've outlined it, I think they're being very ambitious and they're going to make it work. Of course, you know, nothing's perfect. You know, everyone should be aware there may be problems because, yeah, again, they are trying to move forward with how the MMO is being developed. And what they've given us here is is a good idea of what they've got, and I'm liking it. You know, you you can be, you know, a a big Elder Scrolls fan, and you still can be, you know, enjoy the MMO aspect that they're going to give us when this game finally releases next year. You know, I'm going to go ahead and call it, and I know I just... Just had a nerdgasm over it, but I'm going to go ahead and call it that original post where they they messed up and said it's going to be like wow, it's not. From what I'm hearing, it it is going to be just like Skyrim, but it's going to be Skyrim with a jolt of fable pushed right into it, and on top of that, it's going to be MMOs. You have all your buddies at one time. Elder Scrolls, I'd say this is Oblivion this is, on steroids. 
It is a it, it's it, it's Elder Scrolls on steroids, and it's just the way it should be, from what I'm hearing, and I'm I'm happy to hear it. I have to say that me personally, after hearing this interview, um, like Bradford said, cautiously optimistic. Now simply optimistic. Joe had mentioned. Now I have more questions. Um, Dave had brought up. Not like wow, more like Skyrim, and um, and lose right. You know that interviewer was a jerk. <laughs> um, the the fact the fact of the matter is that the the fear of of this game being just like World of Warcraft, a WoW clone, is just is is a fear held by those who have not educated themselves in this game and were quick to dismiss it. Now, if we're looking for something like a WoW Destroyer, I, I don't think something like that could possibly exist because it's been around for very long and people are emotionally invested in the game. What I think this will bring to the table is a genre-redefining way at looking at MMOs in a way that we have never experienced before. The thought process that we've heard today is indicative of out-of-the-box thinking. And when you, when you pair that up with talent and a 20 year long, um, game, video game series, I think you're going to, what what gets me about this is that they've, they, they've pulled and extracted the best parts of that 20 year long video game series that we've grown to love. And they've just, infused it with MMO systems that we've grown to love. I think what we're going to see is a marriage of, of probably one of the best MMOs that will ever be released. I'm like Bradford am optimistic about this game. And I think they're the way that they're taking this, their thinking is right where it needs to be. Those of you out there who are, who are scared, Oh, it's going to be an MMO. It's going to be, you know, it's going to suck. I would say wait till more information comes out based on this information. This is the reason why we wanted to show, feature this information on the show today. This is unbelievable news that we're hearing. For the, for the first time, we can actually point to something tangible that came out of a developer's mouth and say, this is just like Skyrim that we all know and love. And that's what excites me the most. Very good. I'm counting that as our final thoughts of the show, gentlemen. Um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, Lou, how about our five-star review shout-outs? Alrighty, our five-star review shout-outs. From America, <laughs> D-Man Show. <laughs> and B, Turt. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. If not, send us an email. <laughs> Dokeen, hey, that name's trademark taken. Alfred Lead, Nord's died. That's sad, man. <laughs> Hello, Seattle. Bye bye, Chicago. So you went from the windy city to the rainy city. All right. That works for me. Oh, working. From our friends across the pond, the big pound in the UK, Sly John. Lee, 367541. Jenny, Jenny. Um, <laughs> our friends in Land Down Under, Australia, ATF Attack. Wow, from our friends in Germany. Von Insee. Over our friends, hey, over in Japan. 
Winning Studios. Konnichiwa. All right. We already did our final thoughts, so we're going to go ahead and how to reach us, Mr. Ivarwin. All right, guys. How to reach us. ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. 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 That's our website. Monday, Monday, Monday. (laughs) (laughs) ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com is our website. Come check us out. We've got not only... Here's 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 what you can find on our website. Not only these awesome episodes, but Joe Bradford's unbelievable reporting and news writing, commentary, opinion writing, and editorials based on the Elder Scrolls. Yeah, that's right. Don't forget Brian Armstrong. Brian Armstrong does our uh, does our well, he does our, our tour stuff. Well, yeah, he does. He's also done Elder Scrolls too. <laughs> Don't forget Brian Armstrong. He's <laughs> All right, questgamingnetwork.com is our portal site. If you love this show, you may want to check out all the others on our questgamingnetwork.com family. That's our portal site. Come check us out over there. If you want to email the show, we'd love to hear from you. You guys are amazing, amazing listeners, and we want to hear from you. Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail.com is our email. Don't forget our other shows. Diablo off the record records Saturdays. At 7 p.m. now, right, Dave? That's, yep. Saturday at 7. Go check out uh, Liz, Fred, and Keth. Yeah, Keth's still on the show, right? Nope. No. Liz and Fred. Excuse uh, me. Uh, Fred's not on the show either. <laughs> Dave and Liz. Dave and Liz. Can tell <laughs> Minecraft off the record. It's on Sundays at 7. Swotor Reforged. Mondays at 7 o'clock. As well as our Holonet News on Wednesdays. Downloadable. Not a live show, though. Downloadable Wednesday night, Thursday mornings. All of our shows are recorded live at livestream.com forward slash the quest show. Twitter. We have Twitter accounts. Twitter's your thing. You can reach us at Elder Scrolls OTR. Joe is at author J.R. Wilson. I am of Arwen. You can reach me at Eva Arwen, E V A R W Y N. Lou is at GamerGuy11B, G A M E R G U Y 11B. And Dave is at D Enforce, D I E N F O R C E. Really quick, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are still looking for writers. For our network, people to write articles on our website. So, if you're interested in any particular of our games, or our games that we cover on the shows that we cover them on, let us know. Uh, send us a writing a writing sample. Yeah. Must be 18 or older, sure. and we will talk. You most likely be talking to Joe Bradford a lot because he's our, our lead writer. But you know, so see. All right, Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network. And I'll just want to say foos for all you all next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe. May the foos be with you. Have, have a great one, all. Take care, everyone. See you all next week. Take care, all. Namadigate. Like the guy who went west, Fivel? That guy, yeah. Huh. The guy who went west. Somewhere out there. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> 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 I don't believe you just did that.
<laughs> Don't start, man. I was like seven years old and I was crying my eyes out in the theater when I <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> uh, that just made my day. Thank you, Joe. My pleasure, Dave. <laughs> All right. Oh, no, 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 no. Ivarwin. What? Huh? What? Peanut butter jelly time. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? No, there we go. There we go. He knows like it. Nerd, nerd rock star. <laughs> no more of the hey now. I'm a rock star and I don't need you tonight. I'm all right. I'm all I right. Hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, huge. Huge like Carlia. Carlia. And Bradford. Bradford. <laughs> Bigger than Bradford, Carlia, and Maluka. <laughs> Come on, Lou, sing with me. I got. 